Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Some of the stories we've been talking about this evening. Jesse Pugliarvi signing a one-year deal to play for Carpat in Finland. Devaris Daniels from the Edmonton Eskimos named a CFL Performer of the Week. Ten receptions, 207 yards in the loss to Winnipeg on Friday. First 200-yard receiving game in his career. Here's head coach Jason Moss. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, I mean, we knew obviously when we signed him what he was about and what he's capable of, um, but obviously to see it up close and personal, it's different. Uh, see how he fits within our offense and how we can utilize him. Um, you know, he's obviously, you know, very talented and we're reaping the benefits of that. So uh, I just want to keep going and uh, keep him, you know, playing and, and focusing, like I said, everybody on their jobs. But, you know, that's important for Devaris this week probably more than anybody because it's the first time he's going to play against his, his old team. And, you know, there's always a little bit of different feelings when you do that. So really the focus probably for if anybody needs to focus on just doing their job and focusing on us, it's probably Devaris. Daniels has 214 yards receiving in the last two Labor Day games. Of course, he was playing for Calgary in those games, so the Eskimos are hoping he can be a star this time wearing green and gold. It's on Monday. It's on 6.30, Chad. 1 o'clock for the countdown to kickoff and the game at 2.30. Inside Sports presents Legends of the Game. All right. Well, this guy, legendary career with the Edmonton Eskimos. Please welcome to Inside Sports former linebacker, Singor Mobley. Singor, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, sir? Oh, thank you for guy thank you for having me, fellas. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's good to talk to you again. Uh, I know when I mentioned to uh, a couple friends and co-workers we were bringing you on tonight, they said, oh, cool, I wonder what he's up to now. So before we uh, get into some memories and things like that, let, let uh, Eskimos fans know what you are up to these days. Well, hey, I'm still coaching college football. Um, I also have my own business as a health coach. And, um, yeah, those are the two things that I'm doing at this point in time. And it's fun. It is very, very fun. And also I golf a lot. So (laughs) if anyone wants to come down to Palm Desert, California, and look me up, I'm golfing. Okay. Well, what college are you coaching? Uh, college of the Desert. Okay, and how? how... It's, a junior, it's a junior college. Okay, and uh, are you coaching the linebackers or are you the head coach? Nope, I am coaching the defensive backs. Oh, really? Okay. My my, my original position 
That was my original position as I came out of college and played in Dallas. And yeah. Okay, well, that's that cool good. stuff. And, and how how good a golfer are you? Because I I talk about my golf game on this show sometimes, Sigour, and I'm always lamenting it. So, <laughs> well, your... I, I mean, I, it depends on what day and who I'm golfing with. So, anywhere between a ninety and an eighty. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, you... you know, it's not bad, but it's, it can always be better. But hey. That's what that, that's the way it is. Well, that's that's that that's pretty good. I mean, I'm usually in the 90s, and I, I feel like I always want to be better. So <laughs> I, I understand where you're coming from. Well, well, good, good to talk to you. Um, I mean, I know you you stay in touch with uh, with with people in Edmonton, and uh, you know you've been on our station before since since you retired. How often do you, you get to town, if at all? Um, you know, I try to a lot, um, but. Coaching football doesn't allow that um, because who wants to go to Edmonton when it's freezing cold? <laughs> well, when you... <laughs> I'm, I'm just being honest. Well, you make a good point. Though when you played here, didn't you want to host those November playoff games when it was freezing cold and challenge you know those what? other... No? <laughs> uh, no, no you, you know what? Yes, I did. Because the reason why is what we're playing for, playing for championships. But most of the time, I see all those people from Canada come down here to Palm Desert when it gets cold up there. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, like, am I right? No, that that makes a lot of sense. Yes, you exactly. You, you were playing an outdoor sport while some Edmontonians were leaving the city. That's that's a fair. Because, you know what? I I would I hey, I had no problem playing during that time of weather because we all knew what was on the line. Championships. What's the worst weather you ever played in? Oh, the worst? Jeez. Um, there's two games. We played Winnipeg at home when the field was frozen over. Um, I would say the 96 Grey Cup when we played Toronto. And we lost. We sucked. <laughs> and then um, our game against Montreal, 2002, when we lost. Lost the Great Cup on a slippery field. They got was it Woodcock that got yeah. that one long touchdown on you guys? Yep. Yep. All right. Sorry. Totally. Sorry to bring up that memory, but you no, want to? Well, don't bring that up. Don't bring that up. But that's okay. We- we, I, I played in four. I won two. Well, let's transition to the let's transition to the two you want because I got to interview Ricky Ray about six weeks ago when they announced he was going on the Wall of Honor, and right. I want to get this in your words. He said you guys were so irritated after O two because you th- you thought you should have won that game, and that really that really drove you guys into into O three, and you knew you were going to be a favorite, and you kind of said bring it on. Is that what you remember about that year? You know, I, I remember that totally about that year. Um, you know, after that 2002 loss at home. Um, and I could tell you some more stories about that game that, that I found out from guys that were playing on the opposite team. Um, you know, they, they game plan for one running back, and that was John Avery. 
And, you know, it's on Avery lined up, you know, four yards if he's blocking, six yards if he was fast blocking. Um, but he got hurt. Troy Mills came in. Troy Mills lined up out one yardage, the same yardage path or run. Um, his first, I think his first run was, I want to say 93 or 73 yards, something around there. I don't know. But he had 175 yards rushing, and we went from rushing to passing. I mean, and then to talk to some of the Montreal guys after that, you know, they're like, you know, once John Avery went out the game, we couldn't call our plays because he gave the game away between run and pass. With Troy Mills in the backfield, he lined up the same yardage, and we couldn't make our play calls because we didn't know what you guys were doing. So, okay, you know. so I, I gotta I gotta jump in there, and and, I, and I've heard that before that Avery was who who had a great season, I thought by the way, but he right. he was given away the play call by how deep he was lining up. Doesn't right. a teammate or a coach notice that and say, John, you gotta quit lining up like like that? Like how how come that wasn't changed? You know what I mean? But you know what? I mean, not saying John wasn't a great running back because John was a great running back. You know, he was very explosive. Um, you know, he, he was like thunder, lightning when he got the ball. But when you're playing against a guy like Don Matthews as a head coach, a guy that's been in the league forever and won, won great cups, he's going to notice those things. Not saying Mike, our coaches didn't, but hey, you know, if it still works, it works. But when we put Troy Mills in the game, it put Don on his heels. Right. They didn't know what to do. I mean, I, as a coach, and, you know, I just said, hey, Troy, you're going to be very tired by the end of this day. <laughs> period. We're going to run you to death, and we're going to win or lose by you. Um, and forget the passing game. I mean, and that, and, you know, I don't know how many years ago that was, but, you know, I've, I've, I've known to said some things throughout the years about coaches and this and that. Not that I don't like the coaches that I played for, but sometimes football knowledge you got to let your football knowledge and see what you're doing to the opponent to just let it ride. Let it ride. I mean, hey, I know my buddy Ed Hervey would say the same thing because I think we both got caught saying the same thing, you know. Um, but, you know, that, that's the game of football. You learn from it. Um, it builds you. You builds your character. You know, I mean... I'm just grateful to win two and to play in four and play with one of the best organizations in North America, I, I would say. You know, 13 champion or 14 championships, sorry. Um, I don't think there's anyone else that can say they, they've done that. Well, speaking of letting it ride and speaking of Don Matthews, and let's get back to the, to the happy story in 03, uh, Matthews put in a couple inexperienced defensive backs. Hervey went deep on them a couple times early. He got hurt. 
Tucker kept going deep on them and got to be game MVP. So you were able to turn the tables on them maybe strategically in 03. Yeah, you know, that, that whole 03 thing, like you said, we came in with an attitude, a mentality of, you know, we should have won in 2002. We could play you guys in Regina in 2003. Um, and we just knew that, uh, you know, I'll give you a game, in a, in a, or not an NFL game, but a college game. Uh, University of Miami versus Notre Dame. You know, back in the day when Vinny Tessaverde, all those guys. Right. Okay. You know what? We we had that chip on our shoulder that, you know what, we shouldn't have lost. I know Miami lost, you know, but that's not what I'm trying to say is we had a chip on our shoulder. We're coming in here and we're taking what's ours because we should have won it at home. We should win it now. We should have maybe possibly won in 2004 and 2005 to put our names in the history books of Eskimo teams. I mean, no, we're not going to win five in a row, but we definitely had a chance to win four in a row with the team that we had, the team that was built. Um, with the receivers, the defense, all that. And I, to this day, I honestly think that we could have won four in a row. Well, that's amazing. Yeah, the 2004 team, uh, I think you guys started slow and wound up 9-9, nine and nine, uh, and that was a bad weather game you lost against Saskatchewan in, in the West Semi. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and with the with the fake punt, which has been discussed a lot on 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 third yes, twenty two, and know what? I'm not going to go that route, but at least you acknowledge it. Well, there was a very important play in the game, and I remember it exactly. So, all right, exactly. Two thousand five. Um, you guys had a tough finish to the year, but you had some amazing playoff victories. You know what, Singor? I've had people from Vancouver on this show. And they've accused you of committing pass interference on the final play of the West Final. And I say, no, he didn't. There was no flag. You know, <laughs> I mean, even G-Roy and I, we talk about it. Um, no, I didn't penalize him. I mean, I didn't pull him down. I didn't push him. I just, I was just there. I mean, you know, G-Roy's a great receiver. So, if G-Roy, I mean, I've seen him make some spectacular catches in his career. Over guys, jumped over them, one-handers, all that stuff. Hey, he just didn't make that that catch that day. And that's just, you know, that's the way the game is. I mean, you know, not that I did anything wrong, but... Hey, I you know I gave him a little nudge or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> You're allowed to hold your ground, right? As a defensive you know, player, I just, I just gave, I just gave, I just gave him a little nudge, you know, just make sure he wasn't just a, just a, just a, just a, just a to the air. But you know, I mean, that's that's totally fine. That's that's part of the game, right? And the rest, the rest didn't call it. So you know, the next week we get to play in the Grey Cup in Vancouver and. You know, I think that year, didn't we win three road games in a row to make it to 
the breakup? All in dramatic fashion. Yeah, yeah. You came from behind against Calgary, uh, beat BC, and then one of the best Grey Cups of all time went to, went to overtime with, with a lot of thrilling plays. Not just overtime. Wasn't it double? No, it did go to a second. Yes, it did go to a second yeah, possession. You're right. Double over, double overtime. Yeah. So, I mean, you know what? We, as a team, we had veterans that weren't going to let us not win a Grey Cup um, because we knew that we were better than most of the teams in our division. Um, you know, and that, that that's the... When you bring a group of guys, and I'm I'm just speaking because when we start talking about this, it starts bringing about a lot of memories. Um, bringing in a group of guys, and especially the guys that I learned from, you know, I had the Willie Plesses, the Gizmo Williams, the Larry Rucks, um, the Benny Gears, the Malvin Hunters, you know, Jed Roberts. Um, Jeez, I'm sorry if I've missed anybody else in that whole thing. But when I was brought into this team in 95, that's what was taught to me. The Eskimo way and the way we perform and what's expected of us. Um, and to this day, even when I'm coaching football, you know, I, I tell these guys, this is, this is what I learned. Every time you step on the field, it's it's championship or best, um, and that's what I was that's what I was taught in Edmonton. And even to this day, I get to see Grant Fuhrer almost every three or four months because he lives down here. And I mean, like he's the Eskimo way. He won five Stanley Cups, so I see a guy like him. Almost every day, I'm like, geez, I, I learned from you. Learned from, you know, Warren Moon. Edmonton was not a place of mediocrity. It was always championships or bust. And that's just, that's the way Edmonton is. And Edmonton is not like any other... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Canadian team because all we think about is championships. Period. Well, well said. I, I hope they can get back there uh, this year. It was pretty fun when they won in 2015. And uh, to get there, they first got to deal with a pretty exciting game on Monday. We, we brought you on to talk about Labor Day. We haven't <laughs> even got there yet. Um, Have it. Uh, look, Cal- Edmonton, Calgary. I, I mean, well, let me ask you this, this first of all. When you first, you know, and you, you're Amer- an American coming to Canada, when you first came to Edmonton and became an Eskimo, how long did it take you to figure out that that team that wears red to the south was the one that everybody really hated? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, it didn't take very long. Um, and, you know, I think we went down there, 
And, and the funny thing is, when we went down there and played, I had a bunch of guys that I played in college with that were playing for them. Or, I mean, or even high school, for that fact. I mean, Jackie Kellogg, Anthony Pryor, Dwayne Patterson, Anthony McClanahan, I think all those guys played for Calgary. And I played against those guys in high school or played with them in college. And, you know, and they just happened to have a guy by the name of Doug Flutie at the quarterback position. And, you know, he's pretty pretty famous. <laughs> you did okay. Just, just a little bit. You know, and I'm like, you know, I go down there and meet, and the, you know, I'm talking to guys that I played with or against. We're from the same hometown or we played at the same college, and they looked at me like I was, you know, like, I oh, man, I don't even want to talk to you. I'm like, oh, it's, you know, it's one of those type of games. You know, and, you know, I, I, I can't remember how the first game ended. Um, I think we lost maybe in 95. But they came back and played in Edmonton. Um, and, you know, I felt that, hey, man, you guys disrespected us. And, you know, I think I had my first touchdown for like 76 yards uh, on a fumble recovery. But ever since that day, um, you know, I can, every time we went down there to play, Calgary, um, there was no love loss. You know, I can remember the fights. I can remember coming back the twenty-five nothings. You know, it, it it was it was a heavyweight a heavyweight fight. I mean, that's what I can really say about Calgary versus Edmonton. I mean, the rivalry was was that intense. It's kind of like a University of Washington, Washington State. Yeah. You know what? I mean, hey, we're coming to play you. Hey, I'm going to try to kick you, but you're coming here seven days later or five days later, I'm going to kick your butt. You know, I mean, some of the things that that game in those two days maybe. Labor Day and the Labor Day rematch brings up like so much intensity. Um, you know, like the one rematch when we had in Edmonton, I can hear no one talking to me. 63,000, the stadium's rocking. I'm trying to talk to Donnie Brady next to me. He's like, I cannot hear you. You know, I mean, and that and that's the type of intensity that game really brought because it meant so much, not just for the standings, but for we're better than you. We're better than you. And at the end of the day, that's exactly how the game was. You know, our, our players are better than your players. No, we're better than you because – we're right down the road, two-hour drive. Yeah. Hey, you know, I mean, I would say some other things, but <laughs> cut that off, and I'll say that. <laughs> but, but no, it, 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 it's exactly the way it's supposed to be. We're rivals. We're in the same 
province. And you know what? Hey, you have so many championships. We have so many championships. You want to be you want to be better than us and make those championships. Well, you know what? Our team's better than yours, and we got more. <laughs> we got more rings, so we're gonna make more rings. Now, if you want to try to beat us, try and beat us. You know, I mean, the teams that I played on were stacked teams, offensively, defensively, and I mean, like I told you, I I learned from the best of them. Yeah, you know, and so I just try to build on it and try to teach everybody else that I played with to build on it. You know, I mean. When it comes to Calgary, it's game time. I mean, we better win these back-to-backs, and, hey, let's go for it. I mean, like I said, I've seen the fights. I've seen the last-minute touchdowns. I've seen seen it all when we play Calgary. (laughs) Well, Singor, I... I, I I tell you what we're we're, we're going to have to get you on again maybe uh, when we get into the playoffs or, or Grey Cup week because man a, a lot of memories and more questions have have come to mind since we started talking to you so exactly yeah <laughs> I got I can tell you a whole list I don't coach anywhere so you can't ask Ed you can't ask you know any other player I'm the only or coach or any of that. I'm the only one that doesn't play. I can tell you straight up. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do that someday. Thanks for being so generous with your time, Singor. Uh, all the best with, with your coaching and your golfing, and we'll we'll book you again on the show soon. Sound good? You know what? Whenever you guys want to come down here, just let me know, and I'll set up a round of golf and have some fun and be in the sun, and maybe we can have, have some of those adult beverages. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a great plan. That is Singor Mobley, former linebacker for your Edmonton Eskimos. Hi, this is Armando Sewell of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, well, that was great catching up with Singor Mobley. Very uh, candid conversation about some highs and lows during his tenure with the Edmonton Eskimos. Didn't like some of the uh, play calling by his team offensively in the 2002 Grey Cup, but they uh, bounced back to win in 03. Uh, he, he felt that that 04 team should have won it all as well. That that team uh, was 9-9, nine and nine, so not as strong, but uh, uh, you know, played that game against Saskatchewan in the West Semi at home, couldn't finish drives, tried a fake punt on 3rd and 22 that uh, resulted in incompletion and set Saskatchewan up for a touchdown and uh, uh, Sean Fleming didn't have a great day day kicking field goals and uh, they wound up losing in 2004. Was that the year McCallum missed the kick in overtime against BC in the West Final? I think it was, the 18-yarder. Uh, allowing BC to go on. And then uh, Dave, I think that was Damon Allen and the Argos wound up winning the Great Cup that year. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can text 630-630, the phone number 780-496-0063. Jesse Puliyarvi has signed a one-year contract to play for Carpat in Finland. That was the team he was with before being drafted by the Oilers. 37 points in 139 games with Edmonton in his NHL career. He is 21. He does have uh, an opt-out club 
clause in his contract if he gets uh, a deal in the NHL prior to December 1st. He said he's not going to sign with the Oilers, so he'd have to be uh, traded and signed with another team the way that is playing out right now. Okay. Tomorrow on Inside Sports. We're going to have a co-worker as a guest. Not because we're just that lazy. Because it is this man's last week here in the building. Legendary 6.30 Ched morning man Bruce Bowie will join us in studio. And uh, we'll get to know Bruce. Uh, I mean, you know Bruce in the morning. He, You know, obviously he's, he was on Kissing and... He's well-known, but we're going to get into some more sports stuff. And I know Bruce and I often talk about running. He's a very prolific distance runner. He's done several marathons and half marathons. I think he's over 50. i got to double-check that. But he's, he's done a lot of running. So we'll talk about that, get some memories from his career. That's going to be a lot of fun. We are also scheduled to be joined by uh, Eskimos General Manager Brock Sunderland in studio. So a big show coming up tomorrow night. But neither of those gentlemen really overshadow our next guest, former 630 Chet employee. Now host of the Green Zone, CJ Emmy Radio in Regina. It's the one and only Jamie Nye. Hi, Jamie. Not a prolific runner. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, uh, you know, you wouldn't have... Uh, Bruce was... Uh, I think Gord was still doing the mornings when you left for Regina, wasn't he? Yeah, there was just the trend. They were just transitioning over from uh, that when I... When I uh, when I left, but uh, I remember uh, hanging out with Bruce downstairs in the lunchroom and things like that. Well, uh, when my shift started and his was coming to an end back in his uh, kissing days. So, uh, what a what a great career uh, in radio. Well, one we can one we can only dream of there, Reed. Yeah, we're uh, we're we're living the dream. We're dreaming of living the dream. I guess <laughs> we should get T-shirts made. <laughs> dreaming of living the dream, Jamie and I, and that'll be our podcast when we're in our seventies. That's as close as we'll ever get. <laughs> <laughs> what what years were you with Chet again? Uh, I was uh, there 04 to 09. Okay, so I just had Singor Mobley on the show. Um, so you were obviously here for the uh, 05 Great Cup uh, victory. Uh, he, he was a great linebacker. He was... Uh, he, I think he held back in, a little bit in the interview, but he was opinionated about some coaching decisions that he felt uh, cost them some opportunities maybe to win a couple of more championships while he was here. But, but I mean, he was he, a great player and an interesting career because he was gone to the NFL for, for what, four years, and, and then he came back later in his 20s and still excelled in the Canadian Football League. Yeah, and uh, that was uh, one of those, uh, that, that era of Ricky Ray, right? Uh, young Ricky Ray uh, with the the Eskimos, and he, he took over, and I, I remember watching that. I, <laughs> I remember that Grey Cup run for weird reasons in 05 with Seager Mobley because I, I watched both games from the St. Albert Hospital the uh, Grey Cup and the previous West Final the week before. <laughs> I, I, I had a uh, little quad incident on the final, the West Final, and I was in St. Albert Hospital, and I went back a week later uh, for a bad to go a week later for a checkup, and there I was again watching the Grey Cup. I did not know. I did not know this. So, okay, were you doing? So the 05 West Final was on the road, but were you doing already doing sidelines? I think I started in 06 on the sidelines. Okay. I was a mere news 
anchor back in 05 at Chet. So what, how did you get hurt on a quad? I never knew this. Well, my buddy was a research was doing research at the U of A, and there was a big windstorm that came through, and we were helping him. Like they had trails for his research, and they were using quads, and all these trees were downed, and we were just helping him take the trees off the path with chainsaws and cutting the trunks off to make to clear the path for the quads to so they could get back to where their research stuff was. And uh, I, I kind of went over a tree trunk in a quad and tipped sideways, and my ankle got screwed up real bad. But uh, anyway, okay. enough about me. <laughs> well, I, I just never knew that. And, uh, I mean, I'm sure listeners have stories about being injured or sick and still making sure they're at least by the TV to watch a, a, a big game or something. So you had one of those stories yourself. Okay, well, I'm glad you're okay, even though that was uh, 14 years ago. Jamie and I joining us, uh, CJME Radio in Regina. It was great to have Mobley on the show. Looking at this year's version of the CFL, we're going to call this the halfway point, even though uh, it's a little bit past the halfway point, but we're going into Labor Day, which kind of uh, kind of divides the season. Um, this is you cover the riders. Let's start there. It looked horrible 90 seconds into the season. Kalaros is knocked out. Uh, how have they not only thrived, but uh, how have they not only survived, but thrived with all the changes? New coach, uh, different quarterback. What, what's been their secret? Uh, I think part of it has to be the new coach and Craig Dickinson. He is a very calm, cool collected well-prepared coach who almost it was a shrug of the shoulders when you talk to him well we move on we have faith in Cody Fajardo he won the job backup job and uh, moving forward now just was kind of it and uh, of course the strike of luck the sprinkle of Jesus as uh, Cody Fajardo has been saying that quite often this season uh, has allowed this backup quarterback to all of a sudden thrive and throw the ball downfield and William Powell has been great. The offensive line has survived injuries. The defense has been strong. So they've been a complete team. And it's interesting that Chris Jones, when he left and going into training camp, I've had a few players tell me this read that this feels way more like a family from defense to offense, to special teams, as if they are one compared to under Chris Jones, where it seemed like the offense wasn't part of the team it was all about chris jones building the best defense the cfl has ever seen to the point where he took one of the best receivers deron carter and made him a defensive back right because he thought that would help so uh, i think craig dickinson has really built a team and a family atmosphere in that locker room and they're they're playing for each other and when that help happens the heck with injuries you're six and three well, someday when somebody uh, writes the, the book on Chris Jones or you start getting more candid interviews, you know, 10, 12 years after players played for, because he was successful, but you're right, he treated offense like an afterthought or even a nuisance sometimes. Okay, Jamie, you I mean, you and I do this about uh, every month or so. We like talking football and everything. And I, I know in the off season it was a lot about Riley. It was a lot about Harris. It was uh, a lot about that kind of stuff. And I said... I was a little different. I said my three biggest off-season moves were uh, Jones leaving, so we've touched on that, were Lolly to the Eskimos. That's turned out to be pretty significant. And Willie Jefferson to Winnipeg. And I'm going to say this again. 
Willie Jefferson, for the last year and a half, has been the best player in the Canadian Football League. I don't think you'd find much argument uh, with that because Saskatchewan saw him just dominate. And uh, maybe it doesn't show up in the stat sheet how dominating he is uh, because he will he, – watch what Willie Jefferson does and he'll throw off quarterbacks because he'll drop three or four yards and not even rush. He's probably the best pass rusher in the league and he'll just be like, you know what, I think I might be able to pick one off. <laughs> oh, like last year on Thanksgiving, for instance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, or you know, take the ball back against Winnipeg Blue Bomb or whoever. It was just I'll, I'll do this, and I'm I'm going to be sneaky. And he's such an athlete. Belton Johnson, former Eskimo, former Ryder, Ty Cat, offensive lineman. Uh, he calls him the freak he, because it's just a freak athlete, is Willie Jefferson. And I think uh, the Riders, you look back and go, hmm, a trade off Micah Johnson for. Uh, Willie Jefferson, I think you'd want to have that one back in a heartbeat uh, with what Willie's doing in uh, Winnipeg. All right, I'll wrap by being a complete jerk and putting you on the spot. How, when we're doing this at the uh, early November when the season ends, what will the top, who who will the top four teams in the West be in order? How are they going to finish? BC's going to be last, right? So we'll put them fifth. Oh, oh, most definitely. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, This is how I'm going to say right now, I am going to sound like a homer and say Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Calgary. Okay, so you got Saskatchewan sweeping the upcoming home-and-home then. Well, they play the the Bombers three times without Matt Nichols as the quarterback. So three of the next five. Get. Three of the next five for the Riders are against the Bombers. Uh, three of the next uh, five, yeah. 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 Okay. It's and crazy. no Harris for two of them. No Harris for both those games, the home and home, and no Nichols for the other one back in Saskatchewan in October. So, and then you have BC in there, or Tor- a Toronto game in there. So that's a win. It's a favorable schedule for the Rough Riders now without Matt Nichols in Winnipeg. Okay. Hey, Jamie, thanks for making time for us. Uh, I, I would have had more time for you, but it, but I gave some of that to Singor Mobley, so I hope you don't mind. No, I, and I, I, was, I know I was a little late. I was, I was take, There was a baby on a change table I had to take oh. care of. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, buddy. See you around. Yeah, no problem. That is uh, 630 Shed alum now with the Green Zone, CJ Emmy in Regina, the one and only Jamie Nye. Always fun to have on the show. Uh, we always have really good chats. Norman, a combine, says, uh, hey, Reed, great interview with Mobley. I'm still waiting in the combine. Please send food. Somebody get some Uber Eats to Norman, a combine. Uh, Jay says, uh, that's how I feel as a 26-year-old Oilers fan, dreaming to live the dream. And Ken from the Hat. Wow, thanks for listening in Medicine Hat. He says, Puliyarvi had better score 40 in Finland or he's done. You can't drop that many levels of hockey and fail to impress or his brief NHL career will not resume. Some text to 630-630. We got Kings Court when we get back. 
Hi, this is Trevor Harris of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Okay, thanks a lot, Trevor. Time now for the King's Court with Ryan King, brought to you by Dynasty Builders, designing the custom home of your dreams, available now exclusively in Landrex communities. Welcome back to another episode of King's Court on 630 Chet. I'm your host, Ryan King, and today we are going to be bringing on Morley Scott, and I'm going to pass it over to him right now. All right, Ryan, it's uh, good to be on the show. Labor Day Classics coming up uh, in uh, next week in Calgary. It's a it's a game that everybody looks forward to, including the players, but you went to the Labor Day game long before you were a member of the Eskimos, right? Yeah, it was always a big uh, family tradition of ours growing up, uh, obviously in a sport family with two brothers that played football as well. And all the teams we were on, uh, we would always go down to the Labor Day game and support the Eskimos there, wear the green and gold in the stands. And, um, you know, uh, anytime you can get down to watch an Eskimo Calgary game uh, all the way back from when I was a little kid, we definitely uh, took advantage of those. And I imagine uh, you dreamed about playing in that game at some point. Yeah, there's no question. Uh, you know, going down to McMahon Stadium, seeing stadium full of people uh, on the road, the hostile environment, it was always cool to see that as a kid. And, you know, that definitely helped when I was going into my first couple games at, at McMahon, at least, just understanding the vibe uh, of uh, of the Calgary fans. And, and, you know, one day, I think it was more about looking at Commonwealth Stadium, I think, playing it um, uh, right outside of Commonwealth. Uh, growing up for the, for the Wildcats, that was probably my – my stadium I always wanted to play in, but I guess looking back in it now, you could definitely say that uh, looking looking forward now that uh, I definitely uh, could have been looking at that saying, yeah, I could be playing at this stadium as well too. It's pretty cool. Uh, McMahon Stadium is a place where you also played some games before you were a member of the Edmonton Eskimos in the Canadian Football League as well. Yeah, um, you know, Calgary and Edmonton rivalry has always been uh, a huge in my whole sports career, really. It's, uh, you know, all the way back to high school football, all of our provincial finals um, were always in Calgary uh, or they'd come down to us. So we'd always be, you know, competing against Calgary or the, the North versus South Bowl is always the all-star teams, you know, um, against each other in Calgary. And so those were, all, those were always cool to play in. And then, you know, going all the way to Edmonton Wildcats, as far as that, you know, we played for uh, many times down there against the Colts and in, uh, in championship games and stuff like that. So McMahon Stadium was definitely a stadium uh, I was always familiar playing with um you know and even into college college uh mcmahon stadium was actually my last college football game we played again in uh the the mitchell bowl out here which is the uh to go to the vanier cup and we lost to calgary in mcmahon so at one point mcmahon stadium was technically uh potentially the last uh, football game that i played in uh, you got a few more to go there still, I would I would imagine. Okay, you guys are leaving on Sunday. You'll practice all week. Uh, then you leave on Sunday. You bus to Calgary, right? Tell me about that bus ride and what it's like as you head to Calgary for this important game. Well, Labor Day game, especially because we know we got the rematch coming up, it's uh, it's always a, a big game, the first one, and it's always on the road. So we, we know we're going into hostile territory. And anytime we play Calgary, there's no question that it's a whole different vibe week. Everything, meetings are more... Um, you know, more in detail coached by the coaches, you know, going over all our penalties, what we got to do to win the game. All that stuff is, is, is way more vibed up during during the Calgary week. Obviously, 
for Edmonton and Calgary kind of reasons. But when we get on the bus, I think that it's always nice that that's kind of the one spot that it's always just the guys. And we get to sit back, play games. There's guys that got the iPads going and guys are playing card games. You know, we got uh, the little uh, gaming system that some of the young guys have. And, uh, you know, they're all Bluetooth in together. And um, we're talking fantasy football. Some guys are doing maybe some some, some work for going over the Calgary stuff. But for the most part, it's always uh, – kind of a good two three hours off we can all sit back and relax and just kind of enjoy each other's time the bus ride down is usually fun uh in your career the bus ride home has not been fun because uh you did not play on the eskimos the last time they won on labor day back in 2011 so maybe this season you'll have a happy bus ride home yeah i hope so and even you know i think my my win-loss record Fortunately, against Calgary is, uh, is a pretty bad one. Uh, if I even went back into high school and college and all that, but it's uh, it's always fun to get down there. And you know, for me personally, being an Edmontonian, uh, I feel like I have a, a little extra juice in the tank uh, every time uh, I cross the Red Deer border and get into enemy territory. And that is another episode of King's Court on 6:30. Chad, thanks especially to my host today, Morley Scott. Tune in next week. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.